Hello, my name is John Funderburg, and today is your morning financial news market update. I promise you that once you listen to this podcast every single day, you are going to have a thorough understanding of what's driving the financial markets. If you want to know or want to have better control of your retirement, if you want to have better control of your uh, financial future, investments, understanding your investment form, understanding your investment statement, understanding how investment works by listening to this podcast won't be any more than 20, 30 minutes every single day. You will have a very thorough understanding of what drives the financial markets. Uh, so let's start off with, so right now the Dow Jones is at 26044. We're on the $2,600 level. The highest we've ever been is um, on the $2,700 level. The S&P is at $2,795, and NASDAQ is at $7,545. $2,795, we, we, we had breached the $2,800 level yesterday, and today we've pulled back a little bit. Now, <laughs> the European markets are the um, – France is up just, just a few. Uh, Germany is up just a few, but – if you look at the two-day chart of the financial markets, we hit a peak yesterday at about noontime. And then after that, we basically had a kind of, we've been going down since then. We hit a peak of the Dow Jones was up 240 points and it closed at about 90 points. And today we're down 46 points. So, if you go over, if you kind of compare the two days, we are pretty much at break even um, from the two days. And that's because I think the markets, it's been my overall thesis for the past month or so. I think the markets have a, is a little ahead of the, is a little ahead of where the world is. What does that mean? That means that when you have, global a global slowdown and globally certain markets are in recession but our markets have been going up continuously for the past 30 days that is a dislocation and oftentimes dislocations are aren't permanent they will correct back into the correct kind of um, form meaning that if the Asian markets have been going down and the European markets have been going down and commodities have been decreasing, oil has been decreasing, gold has been decreasing. You have more importantly, the treasuries have also been increasing. And as we went over yesterday, treasuries are a risk off investment. They're risk off because you get a guaranteed coupon of a certain percentage so for every hundred dollars you invest in treasuries you're getting a guarantee whatever that percentage is as of right now the the 10-year bond is paying two dollars and 65 cents for every 100 dollars that you invest and i know initially you're thinking why does that even that two dollars two dollars and 65 cents is not a lot of money it isn't but when you have large pension funds and large funds that have to create alpha, no matter if the market goes down or, or, or decreases, then you have to reallocate your funds into less riskier investments. So although it's only paying 
$2.65 for every $100, you're, you're taking less, less risk. And when you take less risk, your compensation is typically less. The more your compensation, the greater your risk, the greater your chance for loss. The 10-year is a national goal. It's a national standard uh, for credit. So when you're, um, so that's why, so everything is based pretty much as that, that's the benchmark for the amount of risk that you should be getting paid for your uh, investments. So where we are is the 10-year is at 265. Now, when the markets were up at this level prior, the 10-year was at 3.25, meaning there was, there was more money coming out of bonds. When money comes out of bonds, then the interest rate goes higher, and they were pouring into more riskier uh, investments. And I say riskier doesn't mean that you lose money, but it's just riskier like, like stocks. They were pouring more into stocks than they were into a less a risk investments such as bonds. But recently, money is still pouring into bonds. That's why they're maintaining a lower interest rate than they did before. And that is, to me, a canary in a coal mine, meaning that the a large section of the financial, a, a large section of the investment community thinks that our financial markets aren't going to be able to sustain its current traject, uh, trajectory of going higher and, and achieving new highs. So they are allocating more a more percentage of their portfolio to a less less risky investment. One thing we didn't talk about yesterday was the VIX. If you listen to this podcast every day, we are going to mention the VIX. So let me explain what the VIX is. The VIX is a way that the financial markets measure fear. Now how do they measure fear? You can purchase you can purchase uh, insurance in your portfolio, meaning that you can purchase options that if, the, if your portfolio were to go down, it's called puts, then those financial instruments will go higher. And the VIX is a measurement of how many people are purchasing those instruments that will that will protect your investments or it's also a measure how many people are purchasing yeah so it's a measure how many people are purchasing options on their portfolio so typically when people think their portfolio is going to go down they will buy an option or a put they will either sell up sell an option or buy a put i'm not going into all of that because that's a whole nother podcast about what that means but it's just a measure of people taking action to protect their portfolio from a down market. And so the more people that take action, the higher the VIX goes. Right now, the VIX is trading at about $14. So for a historical perspective, the average of the average cost of the VIX that is trading is $18. Anything over 25 is high. When it, when it VIX is at 25, that's high level of fear. That's when... Uh, a lot of people are taking action to protect their portfolio at the same time. Then the VIX goes down. A lot of people are coming out of those instruments to, to protect their portfolio at the same time. So when the VIX is at 14, that also means that 
most people aren't taking action to protect their portfolio. As a matter of fact, the VIX is down 1% today. Meanwhile, the markets are just basically flat. So we have the VIX being under 18, which is at the $14 price. We have Germany higher, Europe, um, France higher, but the market is still in the downtrend, but they're higher for today. And we have our markets basically flat, but our markets are down from the highs of yesterday. For us to continue the short-term trend, we will have to surpass yesterday's highs at some point this week. So at some point this week, uh, the Dow Jones was higher by, from where we are now, approximately 100 or so points. So if we were, if we were to surpass yesterday's high, then we would be in a positive week, uh, short-term weekly trend. So let's look at uh, different commodities to see where we are in, in let's see let's see where we are in the commodity space so for today okay so in the commodity space which is also important uh the, the commodities pretty much tell us where we are kind of w what the world is doing industrially what the world is doing economically and um yesterday we had a a, a lower drop in oil but oil today is still at 55 and for his, for an historical perspective oil was at trading at one time $110 and today is still at 55 during the height of the financial crisis in 2008 2009 it went down to uh, 55 60 dollars and now is at $55 so a lot different world today uh, I think the oil is trading lower because America is producing a lot more because of technology in the basin and uh, fracking so that's not as, as big as an indicator on economic production, but 55 is still pretty low. And that means that they are serious, um, less demands on the oil today than it was two or three years ago. We have uranium trading at 28, which basically means nuclear. Uh, silver is still at 1584. It hasn't moved a lot. Silver is a industrial metal. Gold. Gold is higher today again. Now let's go into gold a little bit. We have um, gold is trading at $13.30. As recently in October, it was trading at just $1,194. So we've already, we've gone from $1,194 to $13.30. Gold typically does very well in times of stress and is another canary in the coal mine. When money starts to pour into gold, a lot of the investor class is thinking that they need to hedge their portfolio for possible trouble ahead. Now, gold is a good hedge for political risk, political risk and inflation risk. We don't have inflation risk because our 10 years at 2.65, but gold is, is good for if there's a uh, there's a possible um, threat, say war or something attack or something like that, a lot of people will begin to invest in gold, and we're seeing that now. Maybe because the world economy is slowing, gold is so attractive. But gold has been on a tear for the past six months. Uh, platinum, platinum is a little higher today, but as we discussed yesterday. Platinum is on a downtrend. Platinum is important because it's, it's one of the primary metals used in 
auto and in cars and because of the uh, catalytic converter the higher platinum goes uh, the more is uh, as indication of industrial things being made throughout the world economy uh, larger things like airplanes and cars and, and those kind of items big ticket items platinum is a metal that gives the indication of big ticket items of course we have wheat corn sugar all down i don't typically look at that um uh food commodities because food commodities is more based on climate than it's based on economics so that's where we are with uh commodities and if we were to go let's go to the tech sector and Oh, let's see my, my 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 favorite stocks. So I'm going to give you an insight into the stocks that I watch and that I look at for uh, market indicators. My favorite stock right now is Apple. Apple is my favorite stock because it's paying a dividend. It was trading at $220. Now it's trading at $174. It went all the way down to about $150 or so. Apple is trading at such a, a forward ratio, meaning that when you... When you buy a stock, you're paying for what is worth today and what is going to be worth a year from now, two years from now, three years from now. And how you do that is, if for, if how you do that is, for a example, if a stock is worth ten dollars or if a company is worth a hundred dollars, but they're growing at ten percent, you're not going to pay a hundred dollars for that company. You're going to pay, say, maybe five hundred dollars because it because it continues grows ten percent seven years from now, it'll double and double again. So you're paying for future growth. Some companies require a higher multiple because they grow higher. Some companies require a lower multiple. The multiple for Amazon, for example, is astronomical. It's it's almost like four hundred times, but the multiple for Apple is only nine times. It's a very low multiple. And they're paying a dividend. And to me, I think they're one of the world's best companies. So Apple is one of my Apple is my favorite stock for 2019, especially to where it has to especially to where it traded as low as 150. I still like it here at 174, primarily because they pay a 3% dividend approximately. And they are going to be here five, seven, 10 years from now. I think that I think uh, a buy here is almost a generational opportunity. I also like Adobe. Adobe is like Apple, but Adobe has a, has a subscription service and their subscription service, I pay it. I'm, I'm creating this video on Adobe. That subscription service is kind of like Netflix. It brings revenue in every single month continuously. And they are the innovators in their field. Companies that I like to invest in are always companies that are number one in their field. They have a good revenue stream and they have a unique product and they deliver that whereas very few people can deliver. You'll see that you'll see that theme in a, in a lot of the stocks that I like to follow. I'm not going to go through them all because we're going to say that we're going to say some more stocks for the next podcast. But Boeing, Boeing is trading at 426, which is amazing because it just recently went down as low as 330 or something like that. Boeing is a big, big company that does a lot of business with China. If there's a China deal that goes through, which I don't think there will be, I went over this yesterday. I don't think there will be a China um, trade deal because I don't think China is going to give Trump that amount of free, great publicity. That's just the uh, quick way of putting it. But Boeing has contracts that go out almost 30 years. It's a fantastic company. They have... Um, 
They have products that very few people can make or create, and they are just hitting it on all cylinders. So I do like Boeing. So Boeing is at 426, although today is uh, maybe down a little bit. Not even really down. It's kind of break even. But Boeing is definitely my top three. So my top three, I kind of just went over it. Apple, Adobe, and Boeing for this year. So, um, so, so the market roundup is the markets are basically flat. We did reach a high yesterday and we are trending down since then until we break that high. We're on a weekly, uh, we're on a weekly downtrend. And even though the markets are 3% from the highs, the other indicators from around the world are telling us that there is a high probability that the financial markets are, are running ahead of the skis and running a little hot compared to what the rest of the economy is doing. And the other, those other markets are the, are the treasury. Um, treasury is, is 265. Their money is still pouring into them. That is a risk off uh, investment. Also, you have your uh, gold is higher, um, which is also an indicator of potential fear in the market. And you also have oil that is lower, which is an indicator of the um, industries not not creating the demand, not creating not creating that price per barrel to go higher. So I still have a strong leaning to that the market uh, six months from now is it going to be where it is today that it'll probably it will probably be lower. And now is the time to begin to look at your portfolio, to begin to try to protect it. And we can go over the, how to protect it tomorrow. And as tomorrow, we're going to go over the VIX again, the treasuries, the world, uh, uh, European and Asian markets. And we're also going to go over the commodities and some more of my favorite stocks. So this is John Funderburg. Thank you for listening to the podcast. Have a great day.